You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. With Andy Hart. No, that's a really interesting point. Andy. This Next microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> no, I think I said that, Andy. And Ryan Hannibal. Oh, what's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal, man. Hannibal, Hannibal. Mr. Fight. On WEI.com. By week edition of the Off Day podcast, we'll review the game against the Ravens. And since we don't have a game to preview, we will look back at the first half of the season and give some mid-season awards, which you'll be able to find on the website later on in the week. Superlatives. Yes, a little yearbook action. Most likely to marry his high school sweetheart. Not quite. Oh, okay. Do you have any thoughts, lingering thoughts from um, Baltimore's game that you want to get out there? Um... No. Narratives that you think are being overplayed? or uh, Narratives that are being overplayed, I would say uh, how some of the positives maybe that are being taken away. Oh, so you didn't like my calm? No. Uh, <laughs> I think you should have, by the way, your headline should have been. They should have won. They should deserve have to won, win. but Patriots <laughs> lost or something like that. Um, but no. they didn't deserve to win, though. So it, Right. I, I just, they got bullied. I thought they got pushed around. I thought they got physically, mentally, if you listen to Belichick and the the coaching, they got beat. I don't think it's one or two little slip-ups on their part. No, that should have been our day, and we really gave it to them. I thought you got your ass kicked. And if you play the same way against the same opponent, you probably get your ass kicked again. Maybe it'll go differently next time. I know all these stats are out there that last five times a team has beaten uh, the Patriots in the regular season. When they met in the postseason, the Patriots have won. No, the opposite. Oh, they've lost. Last five times. Five times. What does that prove? The other team was just better than you. Right. Okay, go ahead. No, those are my thoughts. The the I guess you got your ass whooped. It's fine. You're eight and one. Kyle Van Oy this week said it. We're eight and one. You know, would we like to be nine and zero? Sure. But is 8-1 and one pretty good? I do think it's interesting, the power rankings, not ours, because we only do those every uh, four games. Oh, you want to do a bye week up no, edition? No, I do not. Uh, the power rankings across the NFL, a lot of people dropping the Patriots to second, third. I saw one as low as fourth or fifth. That's just reactionary. You think they're? I think that was pro football talk. That was Florio and Chris Sims doing theirs. Uh, I do think that's reactionary. I, don't, I think that's a little bit... You could even make a case that they're still number one. Oh, you certainly could. And I do I like I don't know how people approach their power rankings. Right. Like, like do you just go off record or right. do you go or do, playing the or best? Who's or, the best team? Right. Like who do you think is the best team and will be the best team moving forward? Right. And if you do it that way, I think the Patriots are still one among or the two. best. And I think 
there's plenty of reason to question. If I were doing power rankings, I would have no problem putting the 49ers, like, third. I totally would. Even though they're undefeated, so technically speaking, I guess you should have them, based on record, atop the power rankings. I think you could easily put Patriots ahead of them. I think you could easily put the Saints ahead of them. Hell, I think you could put the Ravens ahead of them if you wanted to. You probably could. So... But a lot of people have the 49ers won now, and then some people have, you know, the Saints or the Ravens in some order ahead of the Patriots. Do I think the Patriots are still one of the best teams in football? Absolutely. Do they have some warts? Absolutely. And we will get into some of those later, I think. But we're also going to get into the positive stuff. We're going to start with the awards. No. Already. Uh, should, oh, okay. Oh, this whole podcast isn't about the awards. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to have some good debate. Talk we, out the awards. We are. We'll get to that. I intentionally didn't really prep because I want to have an organic, fluid conversation figuring out who deserves each award. Let's Usually be, it's easy, by the way. Brady, MVP. Let's be real. When do you ever prep for our podcast? I do sometimes. Oh, when you ask. Uh, I think I'm better when I don't prep, though. Right, it's so just comes random, or, just organic. Yeah, I'm more like Lamar Jackson than Tom Brady. Tom Brady goes out there knowing no, exactly what he wants to do. And, yeah, Lamar reacts and beats people. That's me. I react and beat. People. So you're, you're the Lamar Jackson of podcasting. I'd rather be better than that. <laughs> Probably. I'm not in love with Lamar. Um, there you go with me saying ums again. Yeah, I scouting, self scouting, bye week, moving forward. Less we ums. need to start finding you. A yeah, buck like, and um. That's this other podcast. Do that. Like, there's one word that is overused. Okay. A so, buck and um. Yeah. And I, I think mine. What would mine be? What's my crutch? What do I use too much? You could probably do something of like you pumping yourself up, like bragging, or maybe like bad no, jokes. I don't or, care for that? Oh, bad jokes. Yeah. 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 Like the last one, the last episode, you farting in the middle. That that wasn't. Well, really... that's just IBS. That's going to happen. Depends right. what I eat. You give me three slices of buffalo chicken pizza and tell me to go do a podcast. That's what's going to happen. At some point, that's going to happen. It is what it is. Positives from the game. Mohamed Sanu. Some in the Boston media market have were not impressed with Sanu. Who? Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. He's a bit of a contrarian, huh? Yeah, I guess and you could say And is he the that. Boston Sports Journal or is he the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Journal Review or whatever? I guess I should. When do- he talks Patriots, it's probably Boston Sports Journal. When he talks Raiders in the NFL, it's Las Vegas. Okay. So Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal, does not think Muhammad Sanu is good or was good? He just didn't think that it was like an impactful game. Like anybody could have done that. And like that moving forward, he is what he is. He's a possession receiver, doesn't have much upside, this and that. But like that's what he is. I don't, I don't know what he expected else well, from Muhammad Sanu. He, but like – that's a pretty decent game. Ten catches for eighty something yards on fourteen targets is touchdown. a pretty is a pretty damn good game. I know you can go with anybody could catch a touchdown from four yards, but he had a touchdown, so give him credit for the touchdown. Um, it sounds a little bit like Greg is realizing what I have always thought that Mohamed Sanu is what he is. What we used the phrase last week has a high floor but a low ceiling. That's what it is. I think that's what that game showed. He can come in in the second game. Give you some some catches, some yard, but is he a game changer? Is he going to alter the offense in any way? No, no but he's going to help the offense. Yes, to some degree. Which Does is what... he help it enough, or is it too much of a replication of just complementary weapons, a bigger slot receiver, versatile, can do this, can do that? But can he change a game? Can he make game-changing type plays? I would argue no. I would now, argue there's nobody in that offense that can do make a game-changing play. I would play. also argue that. It's kind of why we did our... Off-day debate this week on WEEI.com and talk about... Highly criticized, by the way. By who? You listen to people too much. Just do what you want to do. Don't care what people say. Put the rabbit ears away. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that... Wait. Listen. Let's explain it a little bit. First of all, it's the bye week. Right. What does that mean? 
There's nothing to talk about. Exactly. They come off a loss. Second of all, it's coming off a loss. What have we learned in the media industry? Coming off a loss, Patriots fans tend to... Go away, disengage. Bury their head in the sand. Don't want to hear it. Right. They don't want to interact with as much media. I know that from Patriots.com. I know that here. And we also had good reason to do it. We have the report from ESPN last Sunday that three teams are still interested. I don't think that was a report. That was just Rosenhaus telling Schefter. Well, whatever. That. Right. Information. Patriots could be one of those three teams. They're already paying him, so they might as well let him play. Right? That whole theory. And a report from Pro Football Talk, Pro Mike Football Talk, 20% chance that Gronk returns. Also probably came from Rosenhaus, I was but he didn't say, say there, that there, in this story. There's, there's a common... We won't assume. So there's at least two reports out there from legitimate yeah. news sources. Yes, this isn't, this is, guys, this isn't Jason Lock and Four. Right. Both guys could be coming back. And if Gronk come back... It has to be for the Patriots, and it has to be the last business day before week 13, whatever. We're coming up on it. Right. Um, so we took those two things and married them together and said, who would be a dream return? Who would you most like to see return? Right? And you said Antonio Brown. I said Rob Warnkowski. By the way, the third choice for me would be either or both I'd take. Right. I'd take both of them all at once or either. Either one you give me, I'd feel better about, certainly on the field. You give – that's – what I think this offense is still I think still that lacking. was a decent debate. You could literally legitimately make cases for both for both players. I just almost pulled over a monitor, so sorry I was distracted yeah, easy, for a minute. Easy. Stuff moves an awful lot. Uh, yes, you can make a legitimate case for both players. There's a legitimate, at least minute little piece of truth that they could come back, right? Right. It wasn't just, we just weren't like totally just throwing okay. stuff out there. And it was uh, blow away, like 69%, I actually think, which is kind of makes sense. 69% out of a lot of votes for Robert Edward. I don't think it's Edward, but Gronkowski. I go Johnson. Robert Johnson Gronkowski. Uh, do you think there is a even a 20% chance? No. Yeah, I don't really think He's so done. either. He He's said done. no. He said no. He said no in the studio right over here. 15 feet behind us while he was lubing up Greg Hill's back. He said no. It's a no then. Okay, so they're not coming back. Why, so Muhammad why, Sanu is the answer, and Muhammad Sanu is, eh, nice little player, good player. But as we've talked about, he's always Robin, never yes. Batman. Now, you could argue he's still Robin, that Julian Edelman is still Batman. But is Julian Edelman enough of a Batman? And we should bring up uh, this week also Jerry Rice, some high oh, yeah. praise for Julian Edelman. Said he has the best feet in the National Football League among receivers. Good price. Good, sure. Good, good guy to get and, that from. And I think it's fair. I mean, I don't know if it's 100% true, um, but generally the slot receivers have the better feet, the right. quicker feet, and he's among the best couple I mean, slot he, receivers. One of my favorite drills in training campus is watch him go one-on-one against cornerbacks and just how right. he just basically undresses. Or just the square drill. It's part of that reason is I watch that, and then I watch Nikhil Harry and go, wait, those two guys play the same position? Nikhil Harry looks like a defensive end doing it after watching. Speaking of Nikhil Harry, a little preview coming to WEA.com. Maybe by the time you listen to this episode, it'll, it'll be on the website. Okay, what do you got? Column coming basically that says the Patriots offense needs the rookies to contribute the rest of the season. Like, they're going off of what Tom Brady said last week at the podium, dismissing Nikhil Harry. First thing he mentions is all the time he's missed. Then on the Greg Hill show on Monday, was asked if he was surprised that Harry wasn't active for the game. And his first response was, in what sense? <laughs> and then when Which into, I told you is better than him saying, who? It's true. Who, who, who's that you're but asking that, But that's essentially what he said. 
Um, so this is your opinion. Yeah. That the Patriots cannot simply say Dorset, Edelman, Sanu. James White. James White, we're riding you as far as you'll take us. When I looked at the numbers, Edelman and White are combining for 41% of the Patriots' passing offense. Yes. And, yeah, you've had good production from them so far this year. They've played in every game, but how long is that going to last? And is it good enough to beat good teams in big games? Well, that's, that was my other point that I got to in the piece, besides the health and staying on the field. A good defense just finds a way to take Edelman out of a game. It's, we've been saying this for years, but sooner or later, a defense is going to find a way just to double the last time team. that happened? Well, it hasn't happened. But They've never played a good defense? You're not going to take him away, but the question I would have is, is he good enough to win? Like, he's going to get his— Edelman? We saw it. The Browns. What was the first catch of the Browns when the two linebackers dropped back? Oh, and and they, they clearly both were supposed to be on him, and they both let him just catch the ball between them, and they threw their hands up. Uh, we see it all the time. The Ravens did it. There were times when the Ravens clearly had two to three players eyeing, bracketing Edelman, and he still caught the ball. But the Ravens still won easily. Yep. Right, they still ran away with that game. Now, obviously, Edelman's turnover was a huge play in that huge game. Huge play. Yeah, I think there's a chance they win that game if he doesn't fumble that. But different topic for a different day. And I am, I am a believer in what you're talking about. And it's not so much veterans rookies. It's just to me, I don't know how far you can go relying on a slot receiver and a passing back to be right. the heart of your off. Like their best play for the last couple of weeks has been a screen to James White. I don't know if you can continue to live that way and just say, yeah, when we need it, we're going to get a 59-yard screen. Well, and also look at James White last, last year. He got all these, these touches early in the season and then dropped off a cliff. he generally to... gets dinged up sometime around mid Because he's only 205 pounds. Right. Like, you're taking different touching the ball this many times. And we're not he even mentioning. up slow in um, Baltimore. We're not even mentioning, though, the number of carries he had. I think right. he, he had the most carries on the team on Sunday night. Well, he was also productive. And that's what he looked pretty good. Yes. And I wonder if that's something that they're going to use moving forward. Maybe he's oh, more of a, of a Rex Burkhead type where they're not afraid to have him run the ball. Then you're toast because he'll get hurt. A, he's never done it consistently and successfully in the National Football League. His last time that he ran consistently and significantly was Wisconsin, was Wisconsin when he was a legit workhorse running back. Um, but he's never been that in the NFL. He's been a legendary, I would say, budding legend passing back. I mean, that play he made, I know it's in a losing game, but that play he made where he beats Earl, Earl Thomas, Thomas. Great catch. There's not a lot. You, you don't have a lot of highlights like that of a, a running back down the field nope. beating Earl Thomas. That unfortunately came in a loss. It'll probably get kind of glossed over. Um, but week after week, he makes big plays and, I think if you try to put too much on his plate, you might ruin the the good impact, and now you don't have him as a runner or a receiver. Then you have to rely on Burkhead. Well, maybe Burkhead doesn't stay healthy. Now the bottom's just falling out of your offense. Right. So I, I don't I don't hate the idea. The only problem is, are they going to get the opportunity? Is that's, Tom Brady but, and Josh McDaniels going to give them the opportunity? But that's the problem. You can't phase these guys out because what happens if, like you said, the, one of these guys gets hurt and you have to automatically throw Jacoby Myers in. back in the fire? Phase him back in. But for a rookie, like, where is their confidence? Like, when Jacoby Myers, you know, sees these quotes, or even Harry, like, how do they feel? You ignore the noise. They say it on the you door try, you but Or you turn the noise into motivation. That's what I think Myers does. But like, what's the what's Harry's mindset? Who knows? You don't know anything, and mm. I don't like. I'm not saying that Brady should go out of his way to pump up his high, his tires, but I think you're gonna count well, on it. He? he shouldn't. But, but why shouldn't he? Because it's that's not sports. Like you don't what? need. This isn't like kindergarten where everybody gets what? medals. Like, but it is. 
like he has a valuable uh, aura about him, correct? Yeah. You never know if this guy's, you know, Parcells was big on you can't treat everybody the same. People have different personalities. They respond differently to different things. You never know when a piece of positive reinforcement from Tom Brady, the GOAT, could be like this springboard for a guy, right? Could be. And you benefit from it if you're Tom Brady. If you somehow break through to a young receiver and, like, build him up, the first person to benefit is you, Mr. 18th in the league passer rating. Not good. Right? He's not not good in a lot of these categories. Well, some of that is not his fault, I would also say. But I think you need to treat your receivers differently and can't just always assume. I also think it's always sort of rubbed me the wrong way that Brady expects so much out of these guys, such perfection, which I understand professionals national football league we win and we lose we make money people can lose jobs if we don't do it right yep. you've been in it for 20 effing years running the same effing playbook you should know it to perfection this guy's been here four months six months whatever it is he's gonna make mistakes everybody makes well, mistakes Sanu already made a mistake in the ravens game that one of the first plays of the game right. him and burger ran into each other and we didn't see brady you know going off on him because it's a veteran he has this whole weird thing that, and that's I what i mean it's it. like you could almost make a case that myers knows the patriots offense better than Sanu does and you know who was very nice to him drew bledsoe drew bledsoe was very different nice positions to Tom brady. but like different circumstance but you're just talking about a, a veteran a like, veteran and a young player yeah, no, I mean, maybe Drew didn't take him seriously, so didn't have this fear that he was unseating him. He had his $100 million contract right. and all that, but he treated him well, and I think Tom should treat these guys a little better. Now, is it a big deal? No. Do I really care? Has it hurt them over 20 years? No. No, it has not. They've found a way to, to have enough receivers and enough weapons. Maybe this year they will, too, but I'm with you. I think if they just close the door and ice out Jacoby Myers— Who's well, been pretty productive, by the very way. Very productive, 14 given his catches on 17 targets. That's pretty damn good. If they ice them, I don't think it's a good look. I don't think it's good for them. I don't think it's good for them short-term or long-term. And even if you have questions with Harry and knowing the offense and this and that, he's a big target. Just have, like, five or ten red zone plays that you say, you know, go catch a fade route in the end zone. Could it be more than just him being a rookie? Because I don't like what I've seen from Nikhil Harry, correct? Like, no, I've been pretty consistent with that. We both haven't. So... Is there a chance it's not just that he's a rookie? It's, it's just that not that good. He doesn't really love what he sees from him. It's possible. I'm sure. Okay. Th- I'm sure there's more more to that too. Because maybe you know he has eyes like we have eyes. So that's something to keep an eye on. Okay. What else you got? I'm rolling. I'm ready to get into these uh, superlatives. I-, I wanted to a minute ago, and you told me no. So let's do it. MVP. Oh, that's Ooh. a lot of dead air. Boy, I thought you'd be more ready than this. Well, who's your MVP? I think I would go with Stefan Gilmore. Okay. But I think you got to look defense. The defense carried the team for the first half of the season, right? Yep. So to me, it's a defensive award. I think a lot of what they do on defense is built around Stephon Gilmore. I think he's their best corner. I think he's their best player, even if maybe the stats and the big plays might lean a little towards Jamie Collins. Well, that's where, where I was going to go. And you can also make the case that Collins wasn't here last year, but is here this year. They're so much better this year than last year. So what's the difference? Collins. Bill Belichick. <laughs> That too. That's what Dante Hightower said. Bill Belichick taking a hands-on approach. Um, but I also, you know, you sneaky little thing you do here when you do these awards is you can do MVP, Stefan Gilmore, defensive player of the half year, Jamie Collins. To award both players. Boom, boom. Both get a little praise. You could do that. So would you agree with that? Yeah, because I, I think that even though Gilmore doesn't really show up so much in the stats, like he's not picking off 10 passes. No, but, but he's he has... Two or three. Two, I think. Two or three. And then 
he's deflected a couple. I believe Collins has a pick thanks to him. Yep, he And does. he deflected another one. He dropped another one. He's been around the ball a lot. And but he's matched for, up a lot. Well, that's what I mean. For Gilmore, I just think remove both guys. If you remove Gilmore or you remove Collins, who has a more lasting impact? Who is more? Probably Gilmore because they're deeper at, at linebacker. And you can just put Kyle Van Noy or Juwan Bentley or any, anybody And else. I just think. When you take any team's number one corner away of that level, I think it would have a major adverse effect. And yes, they have some depth at linebacker where I don't think they have another number they one corner. They have depth, corner. but not number depth, one. But they corner. don't have a number one. Okay, so we agreed on that. I think it's funny we get through uh, the MVP award and we didn't mention a guy by the name of Thomas Edward Brady because he's having a down year. Okay, offensive player of the half year, Julian Edelman. Uh, I think that would be accurate. Julian Edelman is, wow, we're going to make it through all these awards, and Tom Brady's going to get nothing. Although maybe we'll get the biggest disappointment. We'll see. Hmm. I don't think you'll get that one either. No. Um, yeah, I think Julian Edelman, not only he's third it's in the league like in receptions. It's not like a lock, though. Like, you could make a case for other players. Who? James White. Mm, could you really make a case? I couldn't. I mean, he's a really good player. He's an important player. Yeah, he's, he's, he's made big plays for them. Yeah, but. Julian Edelman has Take carried that, the offense. No, I know that. that I'm, 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 I'm with you. 63 catches. And I think the thing that goes through injury. That's, that's the biggest thing. It's just his ability to be on the field. And just listen to how the guys talk. Like Brady, I think it was a couple weeks ago, said like how different the offense is without Edelman in there. Yeah. Like they, they know how important he is. Ballsy catches, just everything. Now, you could say that their one loss on the year is because of him, but we don't need to get into that too deeply while we're this making This is supposed to be case. a positive. Yes, positive, positive. So, MVP, Stefan Gilmore, Defensive Player of the Half Year, Jamie Collins, Offensive Player of the Year, Julian Edelman. Edelman. What else we got? Rookie of the Year. That's a tough one. It is not. Who is it? Uh, Bailey. Jake Bailey, your punter. Yeah, I, I actually— I mean, who's the other option? Chase Winovich? Chase Winovich. Come on now. It, Even Brett J- Bielema basically told us that Brett uh, that uh, Adam, Butler. Adam Butler made all the plays for him. Yeah, it's Jake Bailey. Uh, Chase Winovich has just been fine. I know he has the number, like four and a half sacks for a rookie. And well, a for half being year. fair, like he's, I think that Bielema was on to something. Like anybody could have put up those numbers. Yes, and they don't. Anybody tr- with eyes saw that. He's not like if he was so important and good, he'd be on the field more. Like and he, 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 he now, only that's plays. That's not his fault. There's good players ahead right. of him. But he's not like this all pro rookie, like a guy that's making these this huge impact and needs to be on the field. He produces in in certain situations, passing downs, and that's good and great. But he's not like a game changing defensive end pass rusher. In case people heard that, I just took a large chug from my Tom Brady like uh, big metal Yeti. Mine's actually bigger than Tom's. Congrats! Uh, I was getting a little dry throat, so I had to. Uh... Yeah, I, I'm not a Chase Winovich. I think Bailey, not only has he punted well, he punted better earlier in the year. He's sort of faded a little bit, but he's a rookie. He's on. He's learning. Um, has taken over the kickoff duties. That's something I think, that I think good. But it hasn't even been mentioned. Right. Had one, you know, they were a little shorter this week. I don't know if that was by design. Um, he had the one two weeks ago in the rain and the wind out of bounds. But just hasn't like the, the, the stuff that's thrown on his plate for a rookie, right. it's a lot. Now, there's not a lot of candidates. Oh, for, for, for rookie of the year, Juwan Williams, uh, Damian Harris would be an incomplete, not available. Whatever, <laughs> I don't, not available. Needs uh, improvement. Um, who else? John Williams. Yeah, Garrett um, Stidham threw a pick six. Yeah, if you really does want a to. great job with the scout team. Uh, so I, I think personally, it's Jake Bailey by a mile because it's also 
he has a job where Winovich gets to go out there with 10 other really good defensive players and just kind of run around and be crazy. You know, you look at Bailey, he's in the spotlight. Well, and also as a holder, by the way, well, which that, that's wasn't great at times. But that's but, as we're talking through this. Like, there's been a lot thrown on his plate. Yes. But not only is he holding, so I've convinced you, huh? Well, it's not really a conversation. Yeah, yeah it's you not really. You said it wasn't easy. I said it was easy. Yeah, it's not easy at all. It's, it is. It's, it's a lock. It's a lock. Okay, Jake Bailey got the job done. Best newcomer. Now, are we rating this like from the whole nine games, or are we doing this like the last game? <laughs> Uh, like no, the, like the, the, fi- the fine newcomer. Uh, I don't know. I'll just give you the answer. Jamie Collins. Yeah, it's Collins. Right? Like I, mean, I was going to make a case for a new. What? After one game? I mean, two, two games, but one game. Yeah. He didn't do anything in the other game, really. No, because he didn't really know the offense. Right. So, big whoop. But, like, who are the other newcomers that are actually a candidate? Well... Whew. Michael Bennett's gone. Marshall Newhouse? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh... Terrence Brooks. Terrence Brooks. Uh, Bailey would be in the running if you wanted to. Double up on him. Malakos. Brandon Bolden is a newcomer, technically. He's sort of on the Collins. That's interesting there. Ben Watson. Ben Watson hasn't done enough, I would say, at this point. He's played like two games. No, that's what I mean. He hasn't done enough. Three games. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Jamie Collins is the answer Well, if there. Collins is defensive MVP or whatever, of yeah. course he's going to be newcomer well, of the okay. year. Oh, what if it's a uh, – how about best new coach? Steve Belichick. Really? Yeah. Argue it. Well, if you take the Boston Herald report as accurate, he's the one that's calling the defensive plays the last couple of weeks. And the, All of them? I'm just reading them. Every I, down? That's what the report said. But if you if you know better, should you go with it? No. Do you because, know better? Yeah. Mayo has called defensive plays, correct? Yes. Thank you. So they're splitting the duties. So I would argue that it's between and also, those like, two guys. But, but also, like – like, yeah, those guys are calling the plays, but Bill's on the headsets, and if Bill hears something that he but doesn't— it's always been that. That's my argument over the years. If you want to criticize the defense, criticize Bill Belichick. If you want to praise the defense, praise Bill Belichick, because he oversees it all from the game plan to the meeting room to the general tone on a drive. Let's pressure him. Let's do this, right. whatever. Now, does he actually call the play? Very rarely do I think over 20 years he's actually called the play. Right. But he oversees it all, so— that's Romeo Cronell, that's Matt Patricia, Eric Mangini, Brian Flores, any of those. So I've always I've always sort of hated when they praise a Belichick defense and then the bottom falls out and it's like, Patricia always makes it too complicated. No, right. no, no. It's Bill Belichick's defense. Blame Belichick if you don't like it. But do you buy, Just like this year, I praise him. That was, do you buy Hightower's thing where the communication's been better yes. because it's coming directly from him, whether yep. it's more of a game of telephone? Yes, I do. I think Bill is more invested. He said it from the very start of the year, but I think he's more invested. Even just watching him on the sidelines. Energy, he's, emotion. It's more energy. Like there, I forget what game it was. I think it was at home. Maybe the Browns are one of those games. Like after a Gilmore deflection on the sideline, he was given the incomplete sign like yep. multiple times. Like just really you, fight. I think it's added years to his career. You brought that up. That I think this has added years to his career. The Don Shula argument. Wants it, uh, more he wins now than Shula. realizes, Shula, you're in my sights, and you douche, you're going down. I've realized um, that, that Shula is not a fan of Belichick. You just realized that? Yeah. He's taken shots at him endlessly over the he years. Took another one. He, t- right, he took another one. He took another one. He referenced that comment in an interview before the Miami game this year. Yeah. That's... Now, to be fair, he's like 172. I know. He, he like, 
I don't know what is him and what is. For all I know, he's at the point in his life where if his grandson calls him Bella Cheat, he could use. You know what I mean? Like, right. He doesn't. Exactly he doesn't really how know. It comes about. But even Teddy Bruschi has talked on our airwaves about he was really upset in 07 at some of the stuff that Shula had to say. And he's Probably not was, sure. He was old then, too. And Well, yeah. He's an old coot. Yeah. But I can still get mad at you, right? Some yes. old lady screams at me in the parking lot. I can understand she's an old coot, but it can still piss me off and I can be mad at her, right? Fair. Okay. What's our next award? Offensive play of the year. Play. Play. Jesus. <laughs> Should I have sent these to you beforehand? Probably should have. This Off- is what you always do. Offensive play. Well, let's let's run through the candidates. You have James White screen pass. Yeah, that's a popular one. Patriots.com picked that, I saw. Because what other options do you really have? The Antonio Brown touching Antonio Miami? Antonio Brown, for, like, for that little snapshot, like what it meant and what it could mean, but then what it didn't mean. Yep. There's a lot of depth there. It's like English class. you got to kind of dig deeper, and that's poetry. It's up to interpretation. You could also, um, Josh Gordon's touchdown week one. Was that week one? I don't know. When he leaped over the defender twice in the end zone? It was at Gillette. It was in the corner that we were at the press box. Josh Gordon, sure. week, week one against Pittsburgh. I would go with the screen pass. I think that was a nice play. But, but that's, like, sad. And I like James White. Me the too. offense hasn't been great. That's what I mean. It's sad. Right. Like your best offensive play that, like, the I mean, consensus choice. they're running choice. flea flickers that lead to, like, sixth option crossing patterns for, like, six yards. Hey, that was a productive play. At least it wasn't a pick. I know, but I, I, I like my flea flickers to end with, like, 40-yard touchdowns. Yeah. Like it to be on Sports Center, maybe top ten plays, not ho hum boring plays. That's why they're saving the double pass because now you got Sanu. Oh, I look forward to that. Just what, don't throw it to Brady. When's that gonna roll out? Divisional round? Uh, against the Ravens. When they're losing by fourteen yep. in the second half. They're gonna need need a play. <laughs> gotta have it. Need to sway the momentum. That's when it'll happen. Okay, defense. So we, we're just sticking to that. Sure. Patriots. If it was good enough for Patriots.com, it's good enough for me. Okay, let's go with it. Okay, defensive play of the year. You can go with the interceptions they had in Miami. Collins return for touchdowns. Yep. Collins Gilmore. Yep. Um, you could go Lawrence Guy. The long, that wasn't really that was like I a, know, but I like that, it. That was a funny play. I like it. That's more like goofy play oh, of the goofy year. Goofy play of the year. Okay, whatever. I like that play. Okay, I want that to have an award. Okay, the the dumbest decision on the opposing. Well, actually, that probably wouldn't be the dumbest. Just look at Freddie Kitchens in that game. Yes, um, Freddie Kitchens, who doesn't read statistics. What other what other plays are there? Uh, all the interceptions. See, a lot of the interceptions were easy, though. Because they've played crap quarterbacks. Right. They were played. And even those interceptions, like, weren't. One of JC's was nice. Yeah. I think Collins had a nice interception, too. But I'm partial to the Lawrence guy one. I like when fat guys get attention. I like when he. I mean, the ball was just, like, handed to him. Well, it wasn't handed to him. It was thrown to him, and he caught it. So what are we calling this defensive play of the year? Sure. I guess okay. we can. I no, guess you can have your answer. I'll have mine. I like Lawrence Guy. You can have something else. I guess probably one of the interceptions returned for touchdowns. Well, you need to pick one. Well, are we? Are we? here's a little clarification here. Do the um, special teams plays count for the defense, like the blocked punts? No, that would be the special teams play of the year. We'll get there. Relax. All right. So for defense, I'm, I'm going to go with um, Stephon Gilmore's return for a touchdown in Miami. Okay, well, then I'm going to go for special teams play of the year. The touchdown, that was Matthew Slater's touchdown in Miami, correct? No, yeah, was that, that was Washington. His... Miami. No, Miami. That was yeah. his first career touchdown. Okay. Yep, that was I Miami. like that one because I like Matthew Slater. Some of these I get swayed when I think it's close or I don't have an, an obvious one. I go you just with the go guy with the guys like. that you like. So I like Matthew Slater. I like Lawrence Guy. Matthew Slater, what else you got for uh, special teams play of the year? 
Um, I don't know specifically where it came in the in the game. How about any one of Gunner's returns where he flips at the or gets hit cool. or goes airborne? I was gonna say one of Jake Bailey's punts in Buffalo. So I thought okay. he was the MVP of that game. Yes, he he won offensive uh, special teams player of the week for that. Yes, yep. that was when he was at his best. He's kind of faded, but yes, uh, I like that. I like that thinking. I got Slater. You got Bailey. Because again, Bailey's a nice guy. We're a positive podcast. What, this what week. did you tell me about about punters when I talked to Bailey? So you said they're odd. Uh, oh, generally. They're generally odd. They have been historically that have come through New England. They're nice guys. In various ways. They've all had their, and I think some of it is the time. Too much time to Too much themselves. time on their hands. Too much time even, off even, to the side field. Even Goskowski's got his I mean, quirks. Lee Johnson back in the early 2000s went in the visitor's locker room, had laptops set up, and did day trading during the middle of the day. It was like making money. Like, they're always a little off. I don't Zoltan blame Mesco was always like, oh, super smart. Oh, I'm going to work for like... Rolls Royce engines or something. They're, they're always been a little different. That was but. Tom Tupa. Did you cover him? Tom Tupa I did not cover. I'm not that old. Jesus. What do you think? I'm Perillo? <laughs> <laughs> Tom Tupa's the first punter I know for the Patriots. Uh, what year was that? That was under Parcells. Yeah. Like Back 90, quarterback 96. and punter, Tom Tupa. Yeah, that was the first my first Super Bowl memory, Tom Tupa. How old do you think I, I was in high school in 96? <laughs> Jack Wagon. I sometimes get you confused with Paul. Thank you. Except I have hair. It's true. There's a few grays in there, but it's still there. It's true. Okay. What else you got? Are we done with the awards? I think we are. Are we? I don't know. What else? Rookie of the year? We, we did them all. What else do you want to give out? How many awards we got here? Biggest uh, disappointment. Yeah, I thought we were doing that. Okay, we'll do some negatives. Biggest disappointment. Wait, that wasn't on your list? Yeah, it was. Biggest disappointment. Go. Who you got? Sony Michelle. Uh, yes. I think that is accurate. I'll go Sony Michelle. Yeah. You who, convinced who me. The, who are the other candidates? Uh, Michael Bennett. Yeah, but, like, we've already sort of gone through that. Like, he was disappointing that he didn't produce like we thought he was going to. Yeah, but from on the field, he produced when he was out there. Yeah, not so, as much as he did in Dallas. Didn't I see he had, like, a sack, four tackles from the other night in his first game in Dallas? Yeah, nice he production. was because, but they allowed him to be himself. He also had a couple penalties. I think I saw it twice in the first quarter he lined up in the neutral zone. Two big penalties. Uh, you didn't have this as one of your categories, by the no, way. No, I did. No, you didn't. Oh, I'm reading it right now. MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player oh, of the Year, right. Defensive Player of the Year, with Veteran Newcomer, and then that was it. Oh. So no biggest bust. Okay, well, uh, biggest disappointment I would definitely say is Sony Michelle because not only has he not taken it to the next level, which a lot of people thought passing game. He's digressed. Big plays. Digressed? Is that the word? Regressed. Regressed. Digressed would be a tangent. You kind of go off in a different direction. Oh, I digress. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> I'm starting to think some of those critics of yours on the internet are right. Um, yeah, he. I was expecting more. I thought maybe he'd be more explosive, have some big plays. He just hasn't done any of that. And then even worse, I think in part because his offensive line hasn't been very good, he has regressed and is averaging 3.3 yards a carry. I am of the opinion he never maximizes the run, never maximizes the play. Nope. He gets what's there. I've said this before. If it's blocked to lose a yard, well, damn it, he's going to lose a yard. If it's blocked for two yards, well, damn it, he's going to get two yards. See the stat I had? Probably not. I had a stat that I can't find off the top of my head. Jesus Christ. Um, of Michelle's runs for the year, it was something like 35% were for one yard or less. That's not good. That's not productive. That's awful. My old pal at Patriots Football Weekly, uh, Paul Perillo, used to chart the productive runs. We would run that in the he paper. He charted things? Oh, yeah. Does he we still were... do that? I don't think he does that as much no. anymore because I don't think he has to. Um, <laughs> but any run that was 
if you got four yards or you got a first down or a touchdown, that's a productive run. And okay. I don't think he's had a lot of productive runs uh, this year. It certainly is not. And those <laughs> the, are extra unproductive runs. And I kind of did him those. a favor when I charted this out. I could have even gone further and done like two yards or less. Yeah. And that would have added a good chunk, right. too. So Because you need even worst-case scenario, if we turn the clock back 100 years and say three yards, three yards, three yards, three yards, doesn't get you a first down. Correct. Oh, wait, no, that does get you a first down if you go for it on third and I mean, fourth and fourth one. Fourth and but, one, yeah. But yeah. You kind of need to have four yards, and he never gets four yards. No. That's why he's averaging 3.3 yards per carry. Now, how much of that is on him? Let's do blame percentage pie for why he's the biggest bust of the season. What was the name of this category? Biggest bust? You, you changed Biggest it. disappointment. Oh, yeah, disappointment. Is it 88% Sony Michelle, 12% O-line, or? I would give it 35. Easy over there. 35, Sony Michelle, 65, offensive line. Oh, so it's not really his fault. Now, I would also flip the script on you and say last January when everybody like me was Wait, pretty- I'm going to amend that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry. I'm going 60%. It's Sony Michelle's fault. That's a major amendment. You went from 35% to 60%. Well, because I, I got them confused <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I said it. You better hope the people that like to bust your balls on Twitter don't listen to this podcast because you're giving them a lot of fuel right now. Why? I corrected myself. You didn't correct yourself on the I digress. That was a mistake. It's a bye week. It's a bye um, week. Okay, relax. We've been okay. going since July. So I need I, a break. I, I just want to find out. So you have him at 65% or 60%? 60% his fault, a 40% offensive line. How much of his success last January and February was his, and how much was the offensive line? The flip 60% offensive line, 40% him. Okay. Yeah, I would kind of agree. Now, the line hasn't been good. And let's not pretend it's just Marshall Newhouse or just Ted Karras or any Another other. Another thing about Marshall Newhouse. I didn't think he was that bad against the Ravens. Oh, I thought he sucked. I didn't think he was as bad as he was getting oh, like I criticized. Oh, he was putrid. But he stinks. He's, he's now maybe you have low expectations. Yeah, he is what he, he is. What he is. Not like, good. Did, did he get Tom Brady killed? No, but who's ever gotten Tom Brady killed? But that's what I'm for saying. Sammy Morris or whoever didn't block freaking Bernard uh, Pollard right. up the middle. But no one's I'm, ever gotten Tom Brady killed. But that's what I'm saying. Like he hasn't like had total busts. He stinks. He's not great. He's he not. Who, he's not who you want. He's not a starter. But on any team, who in said the he was? Uh, the lineup that says uh, your Patriots starting lineup: left tackle Marshall Newhouse. That says he's a starter. <laughs> he's not a starter. He's not supposed to be. Well, this gets back to my old theory that I like to use: there are starters and those who start. He starts, but is not a starter. You're accurate in well, that. Well, fortunately, they get um, Isaiah Winback. Yes. Next two weeks, they have one more game with Marshall Newhouse. And over the course of his five NFL quarters, he's proven himself better than Marshall Newhouse. Yes. Now, what that's worth, I don't know. Maybe he got lucky for a game. How much of a difference do you think he makes? A significant one. Oh, you are. That change, yeah. That's changed from your past. I mean, I have my doubts. I think Newhouse, as I said, do I think, let's look at it this way. I trust Dante Scarnecchia. Dante Scarnecchia drafted... Isaiah I think he Wynn. picks it. Isaiah Wynn to be a, a first-round pick, a starting NFL offensive lineman. Yep. We just said Marshall Newhouse is not a starting NFL. So even if Isaiah Wynn is the 32nd best tackle in football, it's, yeah. he's better than Marshall Newhouse, right? Right. So it might be incremental because maybe Marshall Newhouse is the 40th best tackle, in, but he's better. There, there should be some improvement there. But I the think thing he's more athletic. To, I think he's better. But the thing we have to be careful with, this doesn't mean just because Isaiah wins down the lineup that Sony Michelle is now going to average five yards a carry. I'm giving up on that. Right. I want to see Damian Harris. Was, Why not Harris? Why not now? 
it's that is a question. Like, wh- what are they waiting for? Well, I would say that I my little theory that Bill is afraid but, to close the door on Sony Michelle, afraid to prove that this other guy's better. I think that's it. But is that Bill Belichick? He just wants to win games. Uh, and, he and, doesn't. That's like when here's my little thing that I say too often. Dirty little secret. Dirty little secret is he does a lot of this stupid stuff that he would pretend he would never even consider. You know, like Lou asks him. What did Lou ask him the other day that got him all worked up? I don't know. Lou Maloney oh, asked him. No, yes, I know. I know what you're saying some, some people, the national pundits, Kellerman thought that Belichick saved some stuff against the Ravens right. for the yeah. playoffs when they played them again. I don't really think he does that as much, but he looks big picture. There was a reason they ran the ball in Miami five years ago or whatever year that yeah, was when they didn't pass until they got a first down. Right. He decided that was in the best interest the of the football Jackson team. The Steven Jackson game. Yes. He decided that was in the quote-unquote best interest of the football team. We're going to have to run the ball in the postseason. But we can go on the road. But that's also blah, like blah, the blah. end of the year when everything was wrapped up. Like, not playing Damon Harris well, it wasn't is wrapped up. I believe they played on the road that year in the postseason because they lost two games down the stretch. Because he was trying yeah, things, you're right. tinkering you're, things. You're right, actually. So they, he, yeah. The beauty of he does what's in the best interest of the football team. It could mean a lot of things. Anything can be. And I think you can argue having Sony Michelle as a member of the Patriots who's productive moving forward this year, next year, is in the best interest of the football team over putting Damian Harris But out when there. do you just decide that it's not working? When Bill decides it. That's the beauty of being the, the one-man band when, when that he is. When is that, though? I've already decided he hasn't yet. I think it's it's interesting. He doesn't criticize anybody, correct? He no. very rarely criticizes his players. No, but you can read into his answers. He's criticized the offensive line a lot. If we could block it better, maybe. Blah, blah. I think the support he, he, he had, has given. He had, no, he had some little lines about Sony. Like sometimes he. Yes, but he very rarely has been consistently critical of a group the way he has the offensive line. And I think that's praising Sony Michelle or supporting him in some way. Oh, see, guys, it's not just Sony's fault. He is all in on keeping Sony, but I also think he does it like this. Click, flicks a switch, and says, Sony, I gave you all the time I could. I I invested everything. I gave you my best. I got to give Harris a chance. And then when Harris goes for 100 yards, he's going to say, Sony, you're inactive. I gave you all I could. Harris is better. Right? Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready for that. Right next week against the Eagles? Uh, I would love to see it last weekend against the Ravens. Now, if you have um, him active... Do you make another running back inactive? Uh, probably. I mean, I'd have to really sit down with a pencil. Sit and down and, and go through all fifty-three players, forty-seven but players. That could happen. Just forty-six players. On it, yeah. He, well, he was inactive because forty-six others were active. That was a good line. So if I want him active, then I need to make somebody else inactive. That's the way it works, Ryan. I forgot um, how much of a. What's the word? Jack wagon. Yeah, <laughs> Bill is after losses. Well, it's been a while. I mean, but, he hadn't gotten to use. We got to coach it better. We got to play it better. Well, he starts he even, with me. He even said on on uh, OMF, we, we haven't gone through this. It's been almost a calendar year. Exactly. Which people on Twitter loved. It's like, oh, what a humble brag that was. We have the greatest coach. Did you see that flex? Oh, Jesus. I can't uh, even tell you how many people quote tweeted that and said, huge flex. Well, Glenn Ordway say today, and for the first time this year, you know, he came out and said, we 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 got to coach it better. We got out coach. You know why he did that? And I'm thinking, because it's the first time they lost. Right. And Glenn goes, no, no, no. It's because he, he admits that they got outcoached by Greg Roman. Oh, so. No, so, they lost. So if, if they would have beat, if they would have beat the, he, the, he the, the Jets no. and Adam Gase right. had a, a great play, we got outcoached, David. We still won. Right. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Let's have some questions. We've been going a long time on this podcast. I don't know if oh, you've known. I haven't. 
from uh, well, this is a little. So we're getting to our at off day pod questions. Questions that we get every week. We appreciate those. And remember, don't just listen to get answers. Read, Read. on weei.com on Thursday yep. afternoonish, midish, midday. Yeah, this is a personal one to you. Okay. From uh, Josh Offenharts. What? J O H A R T Z. Oh, I'm Hart. How much weight is Andy benching these days? It's not great. I've been inconsistent. I got a bum right shoulder. I think I may have torn something that I should probably get looked at. Uh, probably like 315, 325, somewhere in there. Dear James Devlin, share, no, share no. war stories. He can move some weight. Kenny with his bum neck? Uh, yeah, maybe not anymore. He, but, uh, credit to him, d- despite being an IR, trials with the team, and he goes hard before the games with his workouts. Oh, he, yeah. He um, was wearing a full sweatshirt before the game Sunday night, sweated right through that. Oh, yeah. You know, guys like that, lunch pail guys, you know, as Bill would say, nobody works harder than James Devlin. Well, and even on well, IR. Well, Bill says nobody works harder than a lot of guys. That was my old thing with Chris Price. We go down the list of guys that he said that about. Well, somebody kept like a, an Chris, Excel I think it's Chris. Oh, yeah. You get the whole roster at some point. You're saying Bill, Bill's full of it and we shouldn't put too much stock in most of what he says? No, no, yeah, no. That's what I'm no. saying. He's full of it. Um, this goes into one something we've already discussed, but we'll branch out a little bit more. Okay. This, this is from our good friend uh, Christian, Chris with a... T-I-A-N. Yep. Good guy. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, there I go again. Biggest stud on offense, biggest stud and dud on defense. So we're doing sort of what we did, but now it's specific to get some other players involved. So biggest stud on offense. We kind of already said was. Well, I'm going to go Julian Edelman. Right. So that, He's been an absolute that, stud. That stays the same. Through injuries, and then, through big hits, and then dud, everything. Dud, I guess you have to keep it, Sony Michelle. Uh, Yeah. I mean, unless we want to pile on the poor guy that is Marshall Newhouse at left no, tackle. No, we've, we've but already he is discussed who he is. He's a journeyman left tackle. But defense. Stud. See, this is interesting because I think you can make an argument here in this type of way for Jamie Collins. He's been really good. He's got, what, six sacks, the, from the three numbers. interceptions. Yeah. Like, he's all over the place. And it's been in every game almost. It's like. Not against oh, Baltimore. No, I know. But. Well, nobody did it against Baltimore. If we're going to do these awards thought, off no, Baltimore. I thought Hightower had a good game. I didn't. See, when you run up and there's a gap there and you're supposed to have that gap and you get blown up sideways and Mark Ingram runs through said gap, you didn't play well. If you have 11 tackles, you played pretty damn well. Yeah, 11 tackles for a uh, defense that gave up 200 and how many yards rushing? 210. But Somebody's going to tackle him. But if you Otherwise, take, it would have been 1,000 yards. If you take away the first quarter, they oh, played. Jesus. What? Now we're taking away things? As I said, if you take away the three straight turnovers by the Cleveland Browns, they played competitive. Correct? Correct. Yeah, let's I'm stop. Just, I'm just trying to be let's positive. Stop. I'm trying to be positive. If you take away so the what are you saying? special back, teams and defensive go... points, this team doesn't score nearly as many points and probably wouldn't have been undefeated. So you're saying I should go back to being negative? No. I'm saying be reasonable. <laughs> okay. Okay, stud. Uh, so I think it's Collins, Gilmore, studs on defense. Duds. Don't say Michael Bennett because he's I no longer here. Can't say Michael Bennett. Is it fair to say Juwan Bentley? I knew you were going to go there because I, I. But I think some of that's on me. I had it's really not on high you. It's on a lot of people though. But I, first of all, I like that kind of player, the right. big bruising sort of throwback, but athletic linebacker. I think I bought into. 
last time, not the most recent time the uh, assistant coaches spoke, but the time before that when I asked Mayo about him, and he was like, yeah, I mean, he's bigger than me, he's faster than me, smarter than me. Right. I was like, yeah, he's selling me on this. And well, even just last year when he played those, those two games. Right, the little sample. By the way, that would sort of be the um, the Isaiah Wynn effect. Like, he played a little bit, goes on IR, and everybody's like, this guy, man, when you get him back next year, right. he'll do nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Has well, he done anything? To be fair, though, he's got a lot of guys in front of him. So? So he hasn't been given the opportunity to play much. Do you think he would if he were better? Probably. If he deserved it? Well, I mean, I mean there's a lot of defense. Is, 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 yeah, is I he, think there's really talented he, players in the defensive backfield, and they're all playing. Like, they're getting a lot of reps. Yeah. Right? Kind It's not of. like they're just going... Jason McCourty or Jonathan Jones or J.C. J- like, they're getting reps. Why? Because they're all quality players that deserve to get on the field. I got another uh, sneaky, negative, defensive player. Get your thoughts on it. Patrick Chung. Well, he's been hurt a lot. I know. Banged up. He's gone back to first time around banged up Patrick Chung, where he's been more durable second time around. I expect this, by the way. I you thought expect- he was in that group of could be could retire at any time kind of guy. He takes a beating. He plays so physical. I think it's been remarkable how healthy he's been the second tour through New England. Um, I'm not saying he's bad. Interesting. I'm I not saying really- he's bad, but just like from what not expectations good. were for him. Yeah. Hasn't really been what he was last year. But health's probably part of that. But just like the guy that he was known for shutting down opponents' tight ends. Well, that's always been overrated. See, that's the problem. You've, um, you've read too many clippings from the uh, touchdown twins or... Touchdown 10 kids. Um, he's always struggled in coverage. He's had issues in coverage at times in almost every season. Sort of like last year when everybody said Stephon Gilmore was the best cornerback in football and yeah. he was giving up an alarming rate of touchdowns early in the year. This is from the BOH Beast. Okay. BOH. With all the chicken littles coming out of the woodwork with the skies falling, I feel like this Who offense. Says the skies falling. I know. Actually, I. <laughs> He's clearly listening to the national, right? Like Kellerman's, um, Stephen A. Sharp, Stephen A. These yeah. guys that have to do this on a daily basis, they have to drum up hot takes right. for their various channels. Because I did hear, I was, what did I do? Oh, Mutt. So I think Mutt's, when I did Mutt on Monday night, his show, The Open, had um, somebody saying, like, Whitlock. Tom Brady can't win games anymore, or something like that. Sounds like Shannon Sharp. And I was like, what? What are we yeah. talking about? So, okay, he's listening to those people. Go ahead. I feel like this offense took a big step in the right direction Sunday night. A few calls were questionable in the red zone. Thoughts on the big picture offense also? I miss Devlin too, Andy. Well, I definitely miss Devlin. This offense misses Devlin. Sony Michelle misses Devlin. We didn't actually address that when we were kind of questioning Sony Michelle and his oh, like the bl- the bust pie? season. Yes, uh, missing James Devlin is a part of that. Since last year, they actually told him just follow James Devlin and you'll be fine. All of his touchdown runs in the playoffs were following James Devlin. That's the way it works. Follow him to freedom. Uh, the offense. I don't know that you're going to like this answer, even though we're a fellow Devlin fans. Uh, I think the offense is limited, and I don't see it not being limited moving forward. Could be good enough. You play defense. You play special teams. Uh, I think so it's you limited. Didn't, you didn't feel better about the offense after the game against Why? the Ravens? Why? Because they sh- they actually found an identity. Their identity. What's that? No huddle up tempo? Because yeah. you can't do that all the time. No, but it's the short, quick Especially passes. when you only have three receivers. It's if, you, the if you're short... not willing to put guys in, you definitely can't go no huddle up tempo all the time. But it's the short, quick passes. that, that That's what they're, that's that's what what they're good at. That's what they've been more often than not forever. Not true. Short, quick, La- short, quick. What, what was last need year? Need play. Last year was the running game. This year, it's the short, yes. quick passes. But that's they only found because a... they don't have a running game. 
You're the heart not- of this offense, in my opinion, has always been the short underneath, going back forever. It ebbs and flows. Every once in a while, you change it. That's because, not even true. That's well, it is. I mean, that's how you know Rex Ryan made a know. living on. They have a short passing game. I need to crowd the middle of the field and take away the underneath stuff. That's always been a major component, but yes. not, but not like now. Yeah, that you're right. It's always been a major component, but usually it was maybe fifty-five percent short passing game. Blah blah. Now it feels like it's. 85% short passing game. That would be my point. You're right. There's always been offshoots. What are the offshoots right they now? They don't have any offshoots. Okay, that's my point. So I guess we're kind of on this on the yes, same page. Sort of on this and I don't take that as a positive that you only do one thing cuz the one thing you do but, you don't do well enough or isn't even valuable but enough before, in my opinion. But before the last game against the Ravens, I still thought it was a short passing game. I think it's been the, But it's they been, didn't but they didn't really like execute it as three well. Three weeks as, in a row it's been like 25 targets to White and Edelman. The only thing that changed this game is you got it, Sanu. Sanu and Edelman, and you didn't give it to White. That, but that's why, no, you gave it to White. Three, I think, or two. Two catches. Two catches. One was a really good two one. Ca- yeah, yes, it was, but two. <laughs> he went from like nine targets to two. Because he had more of a plural of the running game. Right. And because you were feeding, as Josh often does, these veteran receivers. Brandon Lloyd, Chad Ochosenko. He's going to feed him till he's part of the team, whether it works or not. I thought it worked, though, with Sanu. I got, what was the score? They moved the ball. You got beat by 17 points. Did it work? If Edelman you didn't, got beat by if, 17 if points. Edelman Did it work? didn't fumble. Oh. So now it's if, all Edelman's fault. Yeah, you said— Offense was great. Again, I don't want to do the whole thing about taking away the first three possessions, but— <laughs> What are you doing here? The, if you take, take away the time when the Ravens led 17-0, and it would have been a good game. You can't. If you take away the first three possessions, I thought that they figured things out and actually moved the ball pretty well. At times. And I mean, part of times. it was the tempo. Part of it was the tempo. But like the, that's what I don't understand about the tempo. They went up-tempo the first three drives, too. No, I know, but up-tempo and then off the field is bad. Of course it's bad. It's horrible. It killed your defense. If you can defense. get a first down and stay on the field, I think. Because up-tempo for three plays does nothing. No, it, takes, it, it takes 24 seconds right. off the clock and the defense is so, back out there. Sort of by nature, for the up-tempo to work, it has to work. Why don't you print that on a T-shirt? I will. Right? I'll get someone on it. Like, I'm being serious. Like, no, you, it ha- you, you have are to, right. like, get a first down. St- okay, now it's the fourth play. Now it's the fifth I play. I think that was actually kind of Bill's points with OMF when they were sort of getting on him about the up-tempo and, like, why didn't it work? And Bill was like, well, you have to actually have success with it for right. it to actually work. Which is the same as anything. We're going uh, to run the ball down their throats. Well, if you go three and out instead of going ten plays over eight minutes like they did every game in the postseason, right? If it doesn't work... Well, can we stick with this? Can we go three and out, three and out? Well, it didn't work, right? Yeah. For an offense to work, it has to work. It's true. Especially when you're limited and only can do one thing. It's a good podcast. Almost an hour. Jesus. Too long. 52 minutes. Too long. We're at right now. Got to be traditional. So with the no um, game this Sunday. There's an um. There's definitely an um. There's no um. There's definitely an um. It's a lot of ums from you. I said um again? Yeah. I don't even know. I know. We're going to start finding you. You should. I got to get better. I got to start a Twitter account. <laughs> At W-E-E-I ums. Um. <laughs> no game on Sunday. We're going to have a special podcast. Yeah, it was my idea. It's a you, good idea, too. It was, it was a good idea. Are we going to tease it or no? No, let's just, let's just say You'll it's, see. A, it's You'll a new thing. You'll find out when you find out. We That's dropped, why you got to subscribe and listen to the damn thing. We dropped Monday night-ish, probably, based off the Patriots' schedule on Monday when they return. Which we don't have, because, you know, God forbid they give us the schedule. True. Sometime on Monday, we'll record this, and if we post either Monday night or... Yeah, Monday night. We post probably Monday, Monday night. night. And yeah. it'll be an interesting one, not so much about this season, 
but a bigger picture, a longer term discussion. There could be some debates. That'll be fun. Some good debates. Yeah, will there be? There could be. Yeah, you're going to question things. I'm going to bat you around. You covered some of these players more. This board I got in my hand right now. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder why they leave boards in studios. Maybe somebody gets mad. I saw Jim Duggan from the '80s. Maybe someone gets mad. Ready to beat somebody's ass. Okay, I'm not mad. I'm good. Good. Uh, So, go to Twitter. Follow us because we still someday like to beat the Skate Podcast in some following thing. Even though credit to them. Let's give some some credit. They got the president of Boston Bruins, Cam Neely, on their podcast this week. Very nice. Interview with him that had a couple Patriots references that we may so actually go, go listen. Go listen to that. It go was good, listen it was, to it. It was good interview. Now, and let me know if the audio quality is better, worse, or the same as ours. I'm interested to know what the people think. Audio quality. We take a lot of crap for our audio quality. We, and we go out of our way to make it right. And to be fair, post-game is different than midweek because the post-games we, we record online. and Yeah, we're in different places various usually. Times, and the only real issue with that is the audio quality is not terrible. But with the program, if we both start to kind of talk at the same time, it sort of washes everything out. Right. And then go to iTunes, Stitcher, whatever the other places, Google Play, whatever. Leave us some reviews. Those, yes. those are supposedly good. Yeah, everybody it, says reviews matter, so leave us five stars, please. If you're listening before Thursday, go to Encore Thursday night. You can see Andy. Yeah. Along at the with the burger place. Yeah, burger bar. Burger bar will be a. We're doing a round table, five to eight, and I will be in the seven to eight o'clock hour with my good fan, friend uh, Mutt and Fitzy, Nick Stevens. Be a good hour. If you want to go earlier than that, there'll be round tables with all the various hosts: Glenn Ordway, Greg Hill, Danielle Murr, uh, Rich Keith, Dale Arnold, Lou Maloney. Everybody. Will Everybody's going to be there. Woo! Ryan might even be there. Maybe we'll see how things go. Okay, we'll talk to you on Monday. Peace Bye-bye. out.